Welcome back to another episode of the Into the Night Minute. Each week, Movies by Minutes hosts examine the 1985 John Landis-directed comedy Into the Night. One minute of screen time per episode. I'm Alex Thompson of Independence Day Minute and Galaxy Quest Minute. And today, I am breaking down Minute 8 of Into the Night. Minute 8 starts with Ed explaining what's wrong with Have a Nice Day, and ends with Herb telling Ed about the beautiful young girl named Melissa, who sounds like she's gonna turn out to be just a charming, charming lady. Uh... So this minute is really raising the question for me, uh, which came first, the insomnia or the emotional distance between the Okans? You know, has has Ellen become distant from Ed because Ed is, uh, you know, not sleeping in the bed and not entirely there in his life? Or is Ed's insomnia being caused by the distance between he and Ellen? you know, chicken or the egg, and it's not something that the movie ever, um, I think, answers, really. Just kind of an interesting sort of, almost a character study question regarding um, Ed and Ellen. I did note here, um, full eight hours. Uh, is eight hours the amount you're supposed to get? Is anyone aware of that? I'm, 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 I, I, like, I know what the word eight means, and I know what hours means, and I know what sleep means. But those words in that order just that uh, just uh, doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. I, um, I, I don't know. I'm not sure what not sure what that phrase eight hours of sleep means. I, I don't understand. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, we get an instance of that awkward uh, cinematic convention where the conversation seamlessly continues as the setting changes. So either. They stopped talking about this for the entire rest of their drive into work and just kind of sat there in awkward silence, or else Herb has been suggesting solutions for the remaining hour or so of their drive. Uh, I kind of like to imagine the latter, like uh, just Herb's solutions getting uh, progressively more outlandish. You know, um, have you tried drinking? Have you tried uh, PCP? Have you tried uh, uh, marijuana? Have you tried, uh, you know, not, you know, like sleeping in a different bed? Have you, I don't know how that's more outlandish than um, alcohol, really. It's just bad improv. But um, I kind of like the idea of Ed just brainstorming one thing after another. Uh, for Herb to try before he finally comes up with this. Uh, take a midnight flight from California to Vegas and <laughs> kill time in Las Vegas so that you can sleep and then come back to California before your wife wakes up. That seems like a really harebrained scheme that uh, I'm I'm sure nothing could possibly go wrong in doing that. But I do... I do really like this factory conversation as a as an example of a show don't tell that old uh, tenant. I mean, we get from this that Ed is a bit of a repressed, uptight guy, but uh, there's enough um, subtlety and uh, nuance to the writing that we don't have to have Herb say, "Ed, you're always such an uptight guy. You know, you need to loosen up." You know, I, I think. Uh, sort of screenwriting 101 type stuff there you know, don't don't have the characters demonstrate what or, or <laughs> have the characters demonstrate 
rather than having them say it. And uh, it's always tough doing uh, these minutes that are very conversational because uh, a lot of times it just kind of either boils down to looking at interesting things in the background or uh, maybe trying to hang on to one line and what they say. Uh, but looking in the background of this factory, maybe uh, maybe it's just my lack of exposure to the specifics of aerospace engineering, but I, I can't get a bead on any specifics in this factory. It's hard for me to tell anything specific that they're making here. Like, I see boxes, but they look like nondescript cardboard boxes. I see what look like they could be computer servers, um, but... Nothing specific there. Uh, people standing over what look like maybe tabletops. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't like if it was a car factory, you know, I would recognize things that are clearly car based. I, I don't see things here that are obviously whatever it is they do in this factory uh, or workspace. Um, and yeah, maybe that, yeah, maybe that is just me not being as up on the aerospace engineering field as I would be on some other fields, but uh, it's kind of a weird setting in this regard, because it clearly it has an authenticity to it, even though it doesn't seem to have very much detail in a weird way. Um, you know, Because there's nothing that obviously screams those details to a layperson, such as myself. But at the same time, there's nothing there. <laughs> there's nothing there that's so obvious that it feels like set decoration to spell it out for a layperson. Like, I wouldn't be shocked to know that they actually filmed this at a, a an aerospace engineering uh, factory or work or showroom, whatever the space is. But, um, yeah, the only other thing I notice here is that this factory seems suspiciously understaffed for the 1980s. Uh, given that this is a time before everything was made by robots, um, you know, nowadays most factories are only staffed, uh, the only humans staffing a factory are the repairmen needed to fix all the robots that make the things. Um, so, kind of interesting that in here it's, uh, a bit of a skeleton crew, actually, even. I mean, I think I would expect to see more people for as big as this space is. And given that these guys are stri strolling in at the, the beginning of a workday, uh, I, I, I would expect to see either a larger crew or maybe this is like the end of a night shift or something like that. Uh, it's, it's, again, it's this weird, um, sort of case where the details feeling wrong makes it feel more right just because I don't know enough about the, you know, the industry and, and the, the way that this type of a factory would work. Like if this was a, you know, an IT server farm, I, I know enough about something like that to know what things look correct and what things don't. And so I can judge better 
the verisimilitude of something that's set in, a, in an environment like that. Same with things like uh, a restaurant or a grocery store, things like that. But this is a, as this is a foreign environment to me, the things that to my untrained eye seem unnatural might actually be more natural and make it feel more natural at the same time as making it unnatural. I, I, I don't know. Um, I guess I, I just, I like this set. I, I, again, the same way that I sort of wish that we or expected that we would get to see Dan Aykroyd again I, later in the movie, I kind of wish that we would get to see this set again. Like, um, have a gunfight here or something, or a chase scene that winds up here, or in a way, this setting almost feels like detail that we're being given that is ancillary in a way this location doesn't recur and it has this weird specificity that i would kind of expect it to um i guess maybe a, a tighter screenplay would probably have this location recur later on uh, but yeah i, I mean i I um but yeah that's about it. Like I said, it's it's always tricky doing dialogue scenes. Um I got on uh Galaxy Quest Minute, one of the scenes that I thought there would be tons to talk about was a uh, very famous dialogue scene, the Grabthar's hammer scene. And uh, I think the the four of us who were talking on that match just kind of said, um yeah, I don't know. Like uh, the it's good dialogue. Um yeah, they're talking to each other. It's just a shot of this guy talking, then a shot of that guy talking, and then a shot of both of them talking. And in a sense, it's kind of the same thing we have here. It's just Jeff Goldblum's talking, Dan Aykroyd's talking, Jeff Goldblum and Dan Aykroyd are in the same shot talking. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that is about all for minute eight. Uh, Herb is starting to, he might be getting into details about this beautiful young girl named Melissa. Um, if we might be so fortunate or unfortunate to hear in minute nine. <laughs> um, but yeah, that is all for this episode. Uh, listeners, you can find the Into the Night Minute podcast on iTunes and Google Play or at the main site, nightminute.com. Uh, you can interact with the show on social media at the King Lives Listeners Limo on Facebook and on Twitter at, at nightminute. Until next time, join us here on the Into the Night Minute. Have a nice day. Do we thank you or what? I'd say I fall in the or what category.